This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. In 2006, a 15-year-old high school student from Albuquerque, New Mexico, won third place in the Intel Science and Engineering Fair for her project on slowing the spread of an infectious pathogen during a pandemic emergency. Using a computer simulation that she developed with the help of her father, she argued that in order to slow the spread of the disease, governments should implement school shutdowns, keep kids at home, and enforce social distancing. Incredibly, that third place high school science fair project can be tied directly to the lockdown policies being implemented by governments around the world today. You see, that father that she developed her computer simulation with was no average doting dad, but a senior researcher at Sandia National Laboratories who, at that time, was working on pandemic emergency response plans for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. His proposal to implement school shutdowns and, if need be, workplace shutdowns in the event of a pandemic emergency was developed at least in part in response to his daughter's high school project. Now, those advocating for lockdowns have seen the destruction and death that those policies have wrought this year, and we are living through that right now. Not only are people being deprived of their livelihoods and forced into grinding poverty as a direct result of these shutdowns, but now the undeniable truth is that if you are advocating for lockdowns, you are advocating for some portion of the population to be consigned to death. This is no longer debatable. It is even openly admitted, although months too late, by the World Health Organization. I want to say it again. Uh, we in the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns as a primary means of control of this virus. We may well have a doubling of world poverty by next year. We may well have at least a doubling of child malnutrition because children are not getting meals at school and their parents in poor families are not able to afford it. This is a terrible, ghastly global uh, catastrophe, actually. And so we really do appeal to all world leaders, stop using lockdown as your primary control method, develop better systems for doing it, work together and learn from each other. But remember, lockdowns just have one consequence that you must never, ever uh, belittle, and that is making poor people an awful lot poorer. This is the point at which, no doubt, I'll be expected to produce the data to back up the non-controversial observation that lockdowns kill, even though that data will do precisely nothing to penetrate the consciousness of those who have already decided that they occupy the moral high ground for advocating locking billions of people around the globe as prisoners inside their own homes. But persevere, I will. I'll point, for example, to the letter signed by hundreds of doctors calling the lockdowns themselves a mass casualty incident and exhorting politicians to end the shutdowns. I'll point to the research that shows that thousands of people will die because of delays to cancer surgery treatments as a result of the medical shutdowns. I'll point to the research of the Wellbeing Trust showing that 75,000 Americans are expected to die deaths of despair, including alcohol and drug misuse and suicide, this year alone as a result of the lockdowns. I will point to the research of The Lancet showing that 265 million people 
are expected to be thrown into severe food insecurity as a result of these lockdowns. I will even point to the research showing 125,000 children are expected to die from malnutrition as a result of these lockdowns. But as I say, none of these deaths will matter to those who have already decided that they are right and virtuous for advocating locking vast swaths of the human population inside their own homes to starve to death in the name of slowing the spread of a disease that even the epidemiologists who have been wrong about everything this year tell us will kill less than 1% of the infected. Yes, slowing the spread, not stopping the spread. This was never about stopping a pandemic. Even the lockdown advocates never advocated that, but somehow that has been forgotten and 15 days to flatten the curve has turned into a never-ending carte blanche for the biosecurity state to implement any number of draconian policies on its population, any number of policies on the checklist of the would-be dictator, not only locking people inside their own homes, but constant surveillance of the population through the contact tracing and tracking apps that are increasingly, increasingly being implemented around the globe, and inevitably the proposals for mandating the experimental vaccines which agents of the state will forcibly inject into people against their will. This is not acceptable. We cannot allow this to stand. If we forsake this, our most basic right, the right to step foot outside of our own homes, then we forsake our humanity itself. An important part of what makes us human is being taken away from us in the name of stopping the spread of COVID-19. But there is good news for those who have managed to retain their sanity in the time of insanity. We do not need a complicated plan in order to subvert this agenda. We do not need special deputization or to ask permission from the government. We do not need to join any particular political party or even any particular protest movement. All we have to do is disobey these unlawful orders. The persistent anti-lockdown protesters said they will not forget Melbourne's strict 112-day measures as they took to the steps of Parliament. They carried signs saying don't trust the government and chanted for police to join them in their rally. I've lost friends, I've lost family who've killed themselves. I've seen clients die because they've lost their livelihood. I'm sorry to hear that. I know you are and I'm just a pale, I'm asking for you to guys have some compassion. Can you arrest us all? Because from what I'm gathering here in this area, we are all banding together and going against our governor. If you have managed to retain your sanity during this time of widespread insanity, I applaud you and wish to assure you that you are not alone. Many, many people all around the world are defying orders. They are protesting against these lockdowns. They are standing up. They are disobeying. But of course, the corporate controlled press don't want you to know that disobedience is an option on the table and they will not report on this. But disobedience is an option. Open your business, leave your home, do not ask for permission, disobey. 
To those who are still advocating for lockdowns, I encourage you to do so to the face of those parents who have lost their teenage children due to suicide as a direct result of the shutdowns and tell them that their child's death doesn't matter because it wasn't listed as being due to COVID-19. Or do so to the face of the tens of thousands of others who have already lost loved ones as a direct result of these shutdowns, or the hundreds of thousands more who will die as long as these lockdowns endure. If you are advocating for lockdowns, you are complicit in tearing families apart. You are complicit in inflicting untold suffering on millions of people around the world. You are complicit in casting the poorest and most vulnerable in our societies into even further grinding poverty. You are complicit in murder. A line is being crossed right now. Which side of history are you on? Make your decision now and make it wisely because your actions during these times will not be forgotten. You have been warned. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com.